Welcome to We On Fire Sports Podcast, providing fire takes and analysis on sports topics. We have some guests providing their thoughts across the sport landscape. No narratives here. Straight talk. No chaser. We On Fire Sports Podcast. We on Five Sports Podcast, episode number 38. Yeah, I know it's been a minute, but we back in the building. There's been a lot going on in the sporting landscape, so we're going to definitely get into a lot of things, man. And what's, first of all, going on with Mr. Nick Saban down in Tuscaloosa? A little hot about losing the recruiting war to Texas A&M. Drug Jackson State University and Deion Sanders into the mix. Man, man. I mean, Nick, at the end of the day, man, you're a great legendary coach. Don't take a wild guess and say I think you're able to maybe win with the number two recruiting class in the country down to Tuscaloosa, especially with the reigning Heisman Trophy winner coming back into the fold and Bryce Young. But what do I know? Also, too, man, the Lakers still out here looking for a coach. It was a disastrous season, a dumpster fire season last year. LeBron and company didn't even make the playoffs or the play-in. They had Anthony Davis banged up all year. Russell Westbrook, just, man, that's a whole nother situation with Russell Westbrook. Didn't pan out in his first season out in Los Angeles. So we're going to get into that. And you know we're going to get into the NBA playoffs as we got the Western Conference Finals kicking off and the Eastern Conference Finals with the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks, as well as the Miami Heat and the Boston Celtics, as all these teams are trying to get their foot into the NBA Finals. So you know we're going to get into that, man. So episode number 38, We On Five Sports Podcast, back in the building. Once again, I want to appreciate everybody for listening. We On Five Sports Podcast. Tom Brady got a new job. Tom Brady, Fox, man, they sent out the blank check to Tom Brady to go into the broadcasting booth whenever he decides to retire, replacing the newly minted Troy Aikman and Joe Buck over at ESPN, went over there to revitalize Monday Night Football, which has been a train wreck for ESPN over the last couple of years. I mean... In my opinion, since ESPN's got the Monday Night Football package, the product has definitely went down. Just from bad, just announcers, bad announcer selections. I mean, it just don't have the same bang for its buck as it did, you know, back in the day. And, you know, they went over to ESPN from Fox, got broke off a big bag of money. So, I want to congratulate them on the move. I think it's good for the National Football League because they needed to revitalize the Monday Night Football product, get some real games on there, real uh, noteworthy situations. I mean, think about 
they brought Peyton Manning and Eli Manning just on the simulcast, which was getting more ratings than the original broadcast. So, not sure if they're going to bring them back, by the way. I think I, I want to see Eli and uh, Peyton come back, even with Joe Buck and uh, Aikman in the booth over at ESPN. But, Tom Brady, man. A lot of people saying, man, he got no experience, man. They, this Tom Brady, man. If Tom Brady want to go out and sell water tomorrow, somebody going to give him a big a blank check for it. I mean, he's the golden boy. So, I'm not hating on Tom Brady at all, man. I wish him the best. I think he actually would be a good, you know, TV guy. I mean, Tony Romo did it, you know, at CBS. So, whenever that may be, Tom Brady may play another three seasons. We just don't know. But... Fox, they rolled out the red carpet for him. Man, I wish him the best on his endeavors in that. We'll see what Tampa does this season. As we got Todd Bowles in the driver's seat, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We'll see what they do this season in the NFC South and the NFC overall. See if Tom can get back to another, another Super Bowl. So we'll see how that all work out. But definitely had to get into that, man, because... Tom Brady, the golden boy, man. I think it was over $300 million, too, by the way. Man, I wonder who's going to be his sidekick, man. Whoever it is, man. Woo. That should be a, a, a must-see TV, man, when Tom hit the booth whenever that time will be. So, we on Five Sports Podcast had to get into that little tidbit here. Appreciate you for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast. on five sports podcast man college football man the whole entire landscape of college football has changed with the nil name and likeness for those who don't know college athletes for the first time have the ability to profit off their name and likeness while being on campus getting a scholarship at the university as well as trying to handle their business on the gridiron. And it's changed a little bit of the landscape in college football. And then we had Nick Saban dropping what I consider those who know in the hip hop community as a funk master flex bomb. And what that is, is the bomb that he dropped. Oh boy, oh boy, Nick Saban. So Nick Saban, the Alabama Crimson Tide, who are favored to win the college football playoff next season. They got the Heisman Trophy winner Bryce Young and a whole helping of outstanding athletes down there in Tuscaloosa. But Nick Saban is a little pissed about him getting the number two overall recruiting class in college football, second to Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher down in College Station. And so Nick Saban just put it out there. He just straight put it out there that he feels that Texas A&M got a leg up on him due to the fact that they offered money 
outside of what you can consider the legal constraints of name and likeness by promising recruits to come down to College Station. Then he threw prime time, prime time, Deion Sanders' name out there in the streets. Jackson State University got a five-star recruiting, Mr. Travis Hunter Jr., cornerback wide receiver out of Swanee, Georgia, Collins Hill High School, which as I'm spitting this podcast to you is literally about a mile away from the location of my podcast. Just straight coincidence. Shout out to uh, Travis Hunter and the Collins Hill Eagles on the gridiron. Pretty good football tradition. But anyway, he signed to go to Jackson State University, spurned Florida State University, which is, you know, Deion Sanders' alma mater. Nick Saban had something to say about that, saying that they offered him a million dollars. Now, Nick Saban, man, I mean, calling the kettle black, my man. I mean, y'all was NIL before NIL. I mean, come on, dude. We all know. Some of these college athletes and some of these families come from impoverished situations or situations where they're not up on the economic chain, as some of us are. So, these college coaches and universities, they, they was paying before NIL. So, you're going to turn down, you know, 50000 75 100 whoever, whatever the, the, the price may be. You're going to turn that down and go down to Tuscaloosa for the free. Boy, stop. Not happening. We all know what's going on, man. And what was going on in college football before NIL. I mean, I'm old enough to remember the death penalty back in the day. SMU. Back in the mid to late 80s. So this ain't a new song, man. This ain't a new situation. And then you throw a university that... It's not even nowhere near Texas A&M and Alabama present. Even though they've getting some solid recruits and Dion is putting his thing down, down in Jackson. But they not Alabama, man. So one recruit, and I'm not saying I'm the biggest fan of Jimbo Fisher, but I gotta tip my hat to Jimbo Fisher and his response. Like, come on, dude. You're just showing your true colors out here, man. I mean, you that ain't all about it, bro. Out of all of the five-star recruits, you missed out on a couple of them. Last time I checked, Nick Saban is a hell of a football coach. I can't take that from him at all. Hell of a football coach. Arguably the best ever in college football. Didn't pan out in the NFL, though. Yeah, I remember situation down in Miami but you know that's a whole nother story for another day so shame on you Nick Saban I mean come on fam I mean that's just like everybody got kind of their hands dirty and it's just an honor among thieves man to a certain extent man like even if Jackson State University paid Travis Hunter a million dollars which Dion don't even make a million dollars by the way down at Jackson State if those if those who thought he was making you know multi-millions down at Jackson State from the program not happening probably about 250 a year real talk 
And so, Nick, I'm not sure what's going on with you, Nick, man. I mean, and to me, this is a signal of the landscape of college football has changed. And, Nick, are you going to adapt? I mean, we just seen the retirement of Mike Krzyzewski. You know, we just saw that. We just saw Roy Williams go out the door a year prior before that. Great basketball coach, University of North Carolina. I mean, Jay Wright just retired or, or stepped down from Villanova. So, hey, name and likeness, likeness to me in this whole landscape of that might be for the younger coaches, my man. But I mean, don't don't go throwing stones, man. When y'all, and when I say y'all, it's University of Alabama, and and, and don't don't at me because all the schools in the SEC doing the same thing, man. So it's not just a University of Alabama thing, but just to say that y'all hands are completely clean down there in Tuscaloosa on recruiting, and, you know, sliding to recruit a couple of dollars. Come on, man. Hey, come on, man. We we know better than that. So, you know, I had to get into that whole situation, man. Nick Saban, man, straight shame on you, man. I mean, my Lord, man. I mean, what, what's going on with you? I mean, at the end of the day, you, even with the 10th recruiting class in the country, you, you, you're a good enough coach to win a national championship off that. So, definitely we'll get into this story a little bit more of it, a little bit more of it unfolds out here in the landscape. Once again, I want to thank y'all for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast. Looks like the Lakers are still looking for a head coach, man, to spearhead the tutelage of the Los Angeles Lakers out in Tinseltown. As Jeannie Buss and company still looking for a head coach for the Los Angeles Lakers. And Los Angeles Lakers had a disastrous season last season, not even making the play in, playoffs, however you want to say it. Definitely was a dumpster fire out in Los Angeles this season. We had the trials and tribulations of Russell Westbrook. He went through his uh, leave me the hell alone phase. You know, we had some additions of Carmelo Anthony that, you know, had mixed reviews. LeBron James had a tremendous offensive season last season. Was a straight dud on defense. Then we had Mr. Street Clothes, Anthony Davis. Pretty much missing two-thirds of the season due to various injuries. And here we are with the Lakers. You know, I would, you know, would have thought at this point they would have had a head coach by now. You know, word on the street, there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen out in Los Angeles in the front office. Whether it be Curtin Linda Rambus, all who follow Los Angeles Lakers, no contributions that Kurt Rambis had with the Lakers back in the 1980s, Showtime Lakers. We got Phil Jackson in play. So it's a lot of cooks in the kitchen out in Los Angeles. 
And I was very, very surprised that they hadn't picked the coach by now, but Rob Palenka, you know, the Lakers front office said they want to take their time with this situation. So I'm waiting. I'm waiting just to see. They did announce some finalists. One of those is Darvin Ham, assistant head coach presently of the Milwaukee Bucks, former NBA player. Those who remember Darvin Ham back in college, Texas Tech. Infamous game against North Carolina. But Darvin Ham shot at the backboard. I think he might be one of the last dudes to shot at a backboard in an NCAA game. I had to look that one up on the Five Sports Podcast. But he's one of the finalists. We got Terry Shots, former head coach of the Portland Trailblazers. Had a decent run up there, multiple playoff appearances before being let go in Portland for Chauncey Billups. So he's one of the finalists as well. And I was thinking the Lakers was going to have like a, a sexy name, you know, a name out there that was intriguing. You know, Mike D'Antoni, maybe, or Mark Jackson, maybe. But we'll see, man. This is a definitely a saga as the world turns out in Los Angeles. We'll see, definitely. We on Five Sports Podcast going to have our ears to the ground when that decision is made by the Los Angeles Lakers. We're definitely going to break that down. So, I'm, I'm looking out in Hollywood, man, just to see what the Lakers going to do in this situation. We on Five Sports Podcast. We on Five Sports Podcast. Man, the NBA playoffs. Man, we almost at the end of the playoffs, man, as we got the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals going off. And first, I'm going to start in the Western Conference as we got the Golden State Warriors against the Dallas Mavericks. And the Warriors, man, are in pole position to get back to the NBA Finals. It'll be the sixth time in eight years. Last team to do that. You may have heard of them. The Chicago Bulls of the 90s and the 90s run. Man, Golden State currently up three games to none. Steph Curry and the band is back. Back on the block once again. And, you know, up three games to none. No team in NBA history has ever came back down three games to none. So it's a virtual done deal for the Dallas Mavericks. To me, they had a spectacular season getting to the Western Conference Finals. But the veteranship of the Golden State Warriors, my hats off to their organization, Bob Myers and company, Steve Kerr. You know, Joe Lacob and company, the ownership of the Golden State Warriors. They pushed the panic button when they had catastrophic injuries to Clay Thompson. Steph Curry had a hand injury last season. You know, bringing Andre, uh, Andrew Wiggins into the fold. People forget D'Angelo Russell was in Golden State for a hot minute during this little bounce-back period for the Warriors, man. So, you know, my shout-out to them. They go up three games to none, man, and the 109-100 victory in Dallas to go up three games to none. Steph Curry coming through with 31 points. Another valiant effort from Andrew Wiggins playing on defensive end, couple big-time dunks. Big time dunk over Luka Doncic trying to sell the foul after the 
after the dunk. To me, it should have been an and one. But, you know, this team is rocking and rolling, man. They looking forward to getting back into the NBA Finals once again for the sixth time in eight years. An incredible, incredible run at Steph Curry and company going for their fourth NBA championship with this group. So, we'll see, man, if it's a gentleman's sweep or a straight-out sweep, you know, in game four uh, down in Dallas. See if that's going to be the last game of the series. You know, we'll see about that. Then, as we switch to the Eastern Conference Finals with the Boston Celtics and the Miami Heat, as presently Jimmy Butler and company is up two games to one against Boston. Man, and I think this just going to be a grudge match series for, you know, I think this thing definitely going seven games. I mean, these teams are just straight back and forth, back and forth. You know, Miami was able to uh, handle their business in the last game. Man, up, what's it, 20 points, 25 points. Almost a 30-piece. You know, we had Kyle Lowry come back into the fold. He had missed uh, all the games of this series. With the hamstring injury, he came back playing some good ball, pacing them. And Miami was able to hold off Boston. Violent effort by Jalen Brown and company. Tatum didn't have a good game, only ended up with 10 points in the game. Jimmy Butler didn't play in the second half of this basketball game. He does. He has some uh, knee soreness. Not sure if we're going to round the, the wagons or the lawn for Jimmy Butler. He's been dealing with his knee injury all season long. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, this is a grudge match series. I think both these teams are tough-minded, uh, tough, tough organizations, top to bottom. We'll see. Eric Spolstra, man, trying to get his team back again to the NBA Finals. Be the, uh, they get to the NBA Finals, their first appearance, appearance since uh, being in the Finals in the bubble, losing to the Los Angeles Lakers and LeBron and company. But it's a tough-minded team, man. P.J. Tucker playing a big-time role for them. Um, you know, they haven't been having the best shooting, you know, across both teams in this series. I mean, two stout defensive teams. Like I said, two hard hat teams just going at it. So, you know, I definitely see this series going to seven games. You know, this to me is a momentum series, a pick em series. I mean, tremendous character, tremendous athletes on both sides of the coin in this series. So, we'll definitely see. But... We on Five Sports Podcast, man. Definitely had to get into the NBA playoffs, man, as we're getting up for the NBA Finals. I believe the Finals start on June 2nd on ABC. So we'll see what teams out of these Final Four teams, man, get to the NBA Finals, man. Once again, thanks for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast. in the 75th anniversary season. They're going to do a little change into the trophies and the awards in the NBA as they've renamed the 
conference final MVP award. The Eastern award is going to be in the honor of one of the greatest players I've ever seen play, one of the greatest competitors I've ever seen. Definitely had a historic run during the 1980s, winning three consecutive MVPs, and that's Mr. Larry Bird. And for the Western Conference MVP award, it's going to be to Mr. Irvin Magic Johnson. Definitely spearheaded of the Showtime Lakers. Multiple MVP award winner himself, leading the Lakers to five NBA championships in the 1980s. Bird led the Boston Celtics to three NBA championships as well in the 1980s. And first and foremost, man, I think that this is a real good thing that Adam Silver, the commissioner of the NBA, has done. You know, I think that obviously whenever you highlight, you know, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird, who transcended the National Basketball Association uh, in the 1980s, I mean, I began watching basketball in the 1980s and man was it a wild ride whole decade was just full of rivalries and some real good time and historic moments across the National Basketball Association so I think they definitely got this one right you know I can't wait to see who wins those awards respectively hopefully we'll see Larry and Magic in the building presenting those uh, awards to the award winners so that's definitely going to be a come up whoever wins that award also, too, they did some changes to the Larry O'Brien Trophy. Yeah, the Larry O'Brien Trophy, man. They put some little silver accents in the trophy a little bit, raised it a little bit, moved the ball over a little bit, you know, gave it a little, little shape up. So I think that, once again, Adam Silver, the NBA did a, a great thing in this. And speaking of awards, NBA came out. You know, with his all-defensive team. And first, we had the defensive player of the year, Marcus Smart, obviously making the first team. Congratulations to him. Boston Celtics are presently in the Eastern Conference Finals, looking to get back to the NBA Finals. Also on the first team, we got Mikhail Bridges of the Phoenix Suns. They made the finals, as we all know, last season. Tremendous athletic wing player, man. I think he had a tremendous season on the defensive end, stepped up his offense too uh, for Phoenix as they fell up a little short this season trying to get back to the NBA Finals, but congrats to him. Also, we got Jaron Jackson Jr., the Memphis Grizzlies. I mean, seven-foot guy can switch out on everything, man, playing outside. Also, too, you know, nice shot blocker for the Memphis Grizzlies. They surprised a lot of people before they was exited out of the second round by the Golden State Warriors. Also, too, on this list, we got... Arguably the best defensive player in basketball, man. That's Giannis Antetokounmpo of the Milwaukee Bucks. Bucks fell short defending their NBA championship this season, but Giannis once again had a tremendous all-around season. Once again on the defensive end, you know, the first team. Then the final party on the first team. Some people think this guy is either a tremendous defensive player or somebody, or a lot of people believe this guy may be a little underrated, and that's uh, Rudy Gobert of the Utah Jazz. You know, this man has won the Defensive Player of the Year award himself before. Caps off this season by getting on the first team, so congrats. Then we got the second team. Can't forget about the second team, man. On the second team, we got Drew Holiday of the Milwaukee Bucks. And Drew Holiday, man, 
playing the point guard position at a very, very high level. Milwaukee fell short this year, but it wasn't his fault. Picking up cats full court. You know, tremendous defensive player, timely hands, making big-time plays, man. Especially uh, that play that he made in the uh, playoffs against the Boston Celtics uh, in the Eastern Conference semifinal round, man. Then we got uh, Matisse Tybalt, versatile young player, man, for the Philadelphia 76ers. You know, just you know, being versatile, man, switching out, playing multiple positions out on the perimeter, can go down low a little bit, give you a little action down there when needed. You know, future look bright for him in Philadelphia. We'll see how their whole season goes next season as they fell up a little short on their end. But congratulations to him. Then we got my man Robert Williams III, man, from the Boston Celtics, man. This young man, I mean, tremendous shot blocker. You know, I was impressed when I saw him down at uh, Texas A&M. I knew he's going to be a good NBA player, man, but he's uh, fitting right in perfectly with the Boston Celtics, giving you some offense, whether it's catching hoops or just being a big boy down underneath the paint. Definitely has been a shot blocker, man, and getting on them boards as well, so congratulations to him. Then we got Mr. Draymond Green. Says he's the greatest defensive player of all time, making a second team. Draymond, man, got his Golden State Warriors a step away from getting back to the NBA Finals. Had another stellar defensive season once again by him. Then finally, man, we got my man down in Miami, man. Big Bam out of bio, man, of the Miami Heat. Man, tremendous season for him so far. Just came off a big-time playoff uh, victory, 31 points in his uh, playoff win against the Boston Celtics. Just being, once again, that defensive cog for the Miami Heat, Pat Riley and company down in South Beach. So congratulations for him making that second team. And so, yeah, man, defense, man, as they say, win championships, man. These All these guys, man, are absolutely defensive studs on their team, defensive anchors on their team. So, congratulations to everybody making that uh, all-defensive team. Then, man, I can't forget about my young Brooks out here, man. We got the all-rookie team kicking off. And kicking off with the number one pick in the overall draft last year, 2021, man, K. Cunningham, man, of the Detroit Pistons, Oklahoma State University. You know, had a, had a pretty decent rookie season, man. We'll see how Detroit goes, man. they in the bottom right now. But we'll see if Cade, man, in year number two can get them some more wins, you know, possibly get them in a play-in. Then we got Scotty Barnes, man, the rookie of the year, man, of the Toronto Raptors, man. Man, big-time move for the Raptors picking this young man out of Florida State University. I thought he was a versatile player down in Florida State. Shout-out to Leonard Hamilton, the head coach down there, pushing out pros like it's no, no ends. So, shout out to Scotty, man. I knew he's going to make the first team, man. I think he did deserve the NBA Rookie of the Year. Then we got my man Evan Mobley, man, out of USC. Man, third overall pick by the Cleveland Cavaliers. As Cleveland made some power moves with their big boy lineup. Shout out to JB Bickerstaff and company, man. As they made some moves this season, fell up short in the play-in, but they had a tremendous season, man. I think the, the sky is bright for Evan Mobley. Reminds me of a very young Chris Bosch. Every time I see this young man hit the court, so congratulations to him. Then we got another guy, man, who, to me, I, I was unsure of, man, coming out of the University of Michigan, man. We got Franz Wagner, man. Wagner, sorry about that. You know, but, you know, he surprised me down in Orlando. Versatility, man, putting the ball on the deck and shoot the rock. 
I was in, I was impressed by Franz. I ain't even gonna lie, man. He had a tremendous season for the Orlando Magic. This season didn't go too well, but he had a pretty good year himself. Then bringing up on the rear, man, we got my man Jalen Green, man, the number two overall pick, man, of the Houston Rockets. Had a, a tremendous season this season. Is Houston still in rebuilding mode? So congratulations to Jalen. And so, you know, that was my all rookie first team, and then the second team, man. Man, a guy that, you know, impressed a lot of people, especially in the playoffs, man. We got Herb Jones, man, of the New Orleans Pelicans. Had a tremendous year. You know, got a pogo stick, man, you know, type of situation with him, man. I, you know, I, I was impressed by how well he played once again in the little stretch run that the Pelicans did getting into the playoffs. Then we also, too, got Josh Giddy, man, Australian, man, picked up by Oklahoma City, man. You know, Sam Presti, you know, once again, making moves. He got 850 million draft picks over the next couple of years. So Josh Giddy was, uh, you know, welcoming presence for the Oklahoma City Thunder. You know, versatile, versatile kid, man. Run about six foot ten. can run the floor like a deer. You know, so I was liking what I was seeing from him this season. Then we got my man Bones Highland, man, from the Denver Nuggets. You know, another youngin that got a lot of tick during the NBA playoffs for the Denver Nuggets. They fell up short in the first round to the Golden State Warriors. But Bones, man, not afraid to shoot the basketball, man. So we'll see how he develops going into year number two for Denver. Then we got, you know, special young man in my heart, man. University of Illinois, Chicago's own Ayo DeSumo. Man, this kid was picked up in the second round by the Chicago Bulls, but it was a heavy rotation piece for the Bulls as they got back into the playoffs. It unfortunately fell short in the first round to the Milwaukee Bucks, but Io had a tremendous season for them on the defensive end. Also, two hit some clutch shots for the Bulls in the regular season. So, my congrats to him. And finally, man, finally, man, the oldest guy in this group, uh, my man Chris Darte, man, from the Indiana Pacers, man. He, you know, impressed a lot of people, you know, last season, you know, his maturity. You know, he was, I believe, the oldest player in the NBA draft last season. I think he's, what, presently 24 years old. So, old school type of rookie, man, but he came in, hit some big shots for Indiana. If they're looking to try to make some power moves this offseason, man, to get their franchise back into the winning ways. So, once again, man, I want to congratulate all my award winners, man. You know, hard work and tears going to definitely developing yourself as an NBA player and getting on these lists is a you know, step in the right direction, man. So congrats to all of them. Once again, we on Five Sports Podcast. Once again, thanks for listening to We On Fire Sports Podcast, episode number 38. In this episode, man, we got into Nick Saban down in Alabama going ham over the NIL naming image likeness after losing the recruiting war to Texas A&M, drove Jackson State into it, got into that. Also, too, we got into the Lakers coaching search, man. Lakers still out here looking for a head ball coach. Out in Hollywood, got into that. 
Also, too, got into the NBA playoffs, man, is the Western Conference Finals and the Eastern Conference Finals are getting to the thick of things. And these teams are gearing up trying to get their ball close to the NBA Finals. Got into that. So, once again, man, I want to thank everybody for listening to episode number 38 on We On Fire Sports Podcast. Man, as we get into the summer thick of things across the sporting landscape. Also, too, I want to congratulate all my NBA award winners, man, the all-defensive team. We had the all-rookie team come out. Also, too, congratulations to the Orlando Magic winning the NBA draft lottery. They got the number one pick in the NBA draft. So I want to send a congratulations out to them. We on Five Sports Podcast. We're definitely going to get into the draft preview before that all kicks off. What I got going and who I got, you know, going to specific places. We're going to get into that. So once again, I appreciate everybody for listening. We on Five Sports Podcast.